0: Good to see you uh, i I tell you, I look forward to Sundays. I really do I, I look forward to it probably more than anything just uh, just to spend time with you to see your uh, smiling faces to see you here to uh, just to encourage one another to spend time in god 's word. Uh, you are a a sermon to me uh, you 're an encouragement to me uh, every time I see you here, just so thankful uh, to the Lord for you. you know we are continuing our series so uh, this year we're in the book of Luke, uh, and then we're going to be in the book of Acts as well. And as we're, as we're on this journey through the book of Acts, uh, the first part of that, that journey that Luke tells us about, he spends most of his time uh, really from about chapter 4 through midway through chapter 9 focused on Jesus' ministry in Galilee. So when you look at the map and you see all these different places that uh, Luke mentions, uh, he doesn't uh, he doesn't go back and forth in the same way that John did. If you were here last year, and we went through the, the Gospel according to John, John kind of divided Jesus' ministry up by year. He did each he did three years of ministry, and he would say this. You know, it was the time of this feast, and he would say. So he kind of summarized each year by. Uh, saying now it's time to head to Jerusalem, it's hot time to head to Jerusalem, it's time to head to Jerusalem for a particular feast. And so we can kind of divide up Jesus' ministry into three years because of the way that John writes. Luke doesn't do that. Luke instead spends all of his time at the very beginning uh, focused on Jesus' ministry in Galilee. And he he goes around all the different cities and tells the different things that Jesus did throughout Galilee. And then chapter 9 comes, and we began last week in chapter 9, but it's a transition chapter because now Luke is going to transition from Jesus' ministry in Galilee to Jesus' journey uh, toward Jerusalem. And so we see that a little over halfway through uh, the ninth chapter. And so that's what we're going to be at today. We're going to—actually, we're uh, I had intended to, um, to be in chapters 10 and 11 today. And throughout the week, it was just kind of, you know, sometimes you can do all your best planning, and then the Lord says, no, 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 you're not done yet. I want you to go back and and revisit. So even with my best planning uh, you know, attempts, God sometimes says, hey, I want you to go back and revisit some of this. So we're going to go back to chapter 9 again, but we're going to look at that latter part, and we're going to look at it uh, with, with a little bit of different lens of exactly uh, what was happening. Uh, but let's remind ourselves of the purpose. Luke's purpose is summarized in Luke chapter 1 verse 4. Luke wants the reader, he wants us, uh, to know with certainty the things in which we were instructed. And he's, con- he's talking about the things that are uh, concerning the life and ministry of Jesus, that we should know those things with certainty uh, there shouldn't be any uh, hint of doubt that we, know, we should know who who Jesus is. And if you remember from last week, that's really the, the question that was being asked, right? Who is Jesus? And before Jesus heads toward Jerusalem, and we ultimately know where he's headed, we know that he's headed to his death, he wants to make sure that the disciples have the right answer to that question, who is Jesus? And then he also wants to make sure that they have the right attitude, uh, for spreading the gospel. So our goal should be the same as Luke's, and that is that we want to know with certainty about the things in which we were instructed concerning the person, and the work of Jesus Christ. Um, so last week, we left off where the disciples were asking that question of, who is the greatest, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of what they wanted to know. They They weren't They weren't really focused on Jesus, they were focused on themselves. And then they uh, ended up forbidding someone from casting out demons in Jesus' name. And Jesus is preparing the disciples for the work of evangelism. In fact, I would put it this way. Uh, It's it's kind of a no-brainer, but you can't share something you don't have, right? I mean, if you don't have something, you can't share it with others. If I said, you know, hey, I want to uh, share my donuts with you, but I don't have any donuts to give to you, you know, you'd think I'm a little bit crazy, right? You know, here's, here's well, I don't have any, but I'll share them with you. That, that doesn't make, it's nonsensical, really. It's nonsensical for us to think that we can share something that we don't have possession of or that we don't have any knowledge about. So, you can't share something that you don't know. So, Jesus is wanting to make sure that what? They know who he is, that they have a good understanding of who Jesus is. Because you can't share Jesus if you don't know him. If you don't know him, you can't share him. Uh, Let me put it this way. When I was a youth pastor years ago, we took a mission trip to the Bahamas. Now, first of all, it was a mission trip. I know what you're thinking. You're going, yeah, you took a mission trip to the Bahamas. We did. And uh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, boy, that would have been a really nice mission trip. Well, here's the thing about the Bahamas. Um, if if you've been there, you don't have to go very far inland to find poverty. A lot of, a lot of what we see about the Bahamas uh, is very, uh, very commercialized, and we see a, a, we see a side of it that that they want you to see come and come and spend your time here this is this is the one this is paradise right but we went there with recognizing that there are Haitian people who live not too far inland that are very much living in poverty uh, so try and raise funds to go on a mission trip to the Bahamas and tell people, yeah, we're going to spend a week in the Bahamas. And you, you always have to back it up with, you know, well, here's what we're going to be doing. Now, you can imagine the appeal, right? You know, everybody wants to go on this trip, right? Everybody, all, the, all the teenagers, well, yeah, I want to go to the Bahamas. But we had this one caveat, you know. We, we said, listen, the only people that need to apply are people who are saved because if you're not saved if you're not a born-again Christian then this trip isn't for you you can go there are other trips for you you can go to summer camp you can do this trip you can do this trip those things are for you but this one is specifically for the purpose of sharing the gospel and if you haven't accepted Christ into your life uh, then Uh, How can you share something that you don't have possession of? You can't share Christ if you don't know him. If someone asks you your testimony and you don't have a testimony in Christ, everybody has a testimony, by the way. Even non-believers have testimonies. It's just incomplete without Christ. But everybody has a testimony. But you can't share Christ if it's incomplete. If you you don't have a testimony that, that, that is filled with who he is and he's in your life. So the point is, you know, we we did that mission trip, and it it was so important for us to understand that you can't share something that you don't have possession of. So Jesus understands that the disciples have to be fully equipped. They have to be fully equipped for evangelism, and they have to be fully equipped with an understanding of who Jesus is. So let's jump in with key point number one, and then we'll unpack it uh, from the Scriptures. Key point number one this morning is this. It's hard to share the gospel if you're full of pride. It's hard to share the gospel if you're full of pride. Humility is needed. It's hard to share the gospel if you're full of pride. Let's pick back up. Let's look at, uh, we, were, we ended uh, last week in Luke chapter 9, but we're going back to Luke 9. Let's pick up at verse 46. 46. It says, Then a dispute arose among them, that's the disciples, as to which of them would be greatest. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child and set him by him and said to them, whoever receives this little child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you, uh, least among you all, will be great. Now let's pause there just for a moment. You know, you think about uh, this, uh, this idea, they're sitting around and having a debate, right? Who's the greatest among themselves? I began to think about, to, you know, being, uh, you know, Super Bowl and thinking about uh, how many conversations we have about the same, same type of thing. Who's the greatest? Um, you know, who is the, who's the greatest of all time? The goat, so to speak, when it comes to different uh, sports. Uh, you might think of Tom Brady as being the goat of NFL football. His name is, is going to go down in history as uh, perhaps the greatest of all time in NFL. Uh, so there's, there's a great debate between uh, LeBron James and Michael Jordan. I don't even know why this one's a debate. I, I really don't, right? I mean, it's, you know, uh, clearly um, Michael Jordan. All right, so I am in the Jordan camp. All right, how about this one? How about this, this sports guy, Muhammad Ali? He would just tell you, I'm the greatest, right? I mean, that, he would just flat out say it. I'm, I'm the greatest. I, I thought it would be fun. You know, I just looked at, I looked at some examples. I got four in particular, uh, you know, when it comes to determining the greatest of, of, of all time. And uh, a lot of these people, like Muhammad Ali and some others, uh, have some great smack talk quotes I found four of these. Listen to this one. Larry Bird, you remember Larry Bird? He said this. He said, I'm just looking around to see who's going to finish second. That's, a that's, you know, that's his, yeah, yeah, that's smack talk, right? I mean, that's. I'm just looking around to see who's going to finish second. How about this one? You remember Mike Ditka? Mike Diska, <laughs> Ditka once said this. What's the difference between a three-week-old puppy and a sports rider? In six weeks, the puppy stops whining. i like, oh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's talking smack now, right? You remember Bo Jackson? Bo, yeah, Bo Jackson knows everything, right? He knows football. He knows baseball. Bo Jackson knows it all. Listen to this one. Bo Jackson once said, if my mother put on a helmet and shoulder pads and a uniform that wasn't the same as the one I was wearing, I'd run over her if she was in my way. And I love my mother. That's some smack talk, you know? i tell you what. And then, and then how about this? We all know this one. Muhammad Ali said this. He said that he floats like a butterfly and stings like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see, right? I mean, smack talk is associated with the greatest of all time. And here we see the disciples doing what? You know, they're, they're making this debate not about sports legends, themselves. They're elevating themselves. There, I mean, there. I'm the greatest. I, I, I think I, I am the greatest. I think I deserve this. Well, we don't share our faith using smack talk, do we? Uh, that's not probably not the best way to go about sharing our faith uh, with others. Why? Because we have to share our faith in humility. You know, you you may not you may not win Super Bowls with humility, but you know what? You can't win souls without humility. That's what you need. We're to say, if we're going to share the gospel, we have to set aside pride, and we have to embrace humility.